This is Tony Twist, number 18 in your program, number one in your heart, depending on what city you come from, and you're listening to the Sheriff Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to an exclusive episode of The Sheriff. Guys, today I get to have one of my former teammates as a guest today, and I'm really, really excited. We haven't seen each other in a while, but we are good friends, and we're going to be friends for life. Ladies and gentlemen, there are a few families in our hockey community that are royalty to our game. What would be even better would be if those same families gave back to the community and were great examples to others. My guest today is part of a royal hockey family, but even more importantly, he is the leader of the family business that has changed the lives of thousands of people for the better good. He is the recipient of the National Aboriginal Achievement Award for academic excellence. He is my former teammate on the Oshawa Generals, co-founder of Three Nolans, my former friend and teammate, Mr. Brandon Nolan. How are you doing today, my friend? Good to see you, buddy. It's been a long time, and I'm uh, just happy to be here. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm excited to have you on, Brandon, because I love to have guests, that I, one, that I've played with, and two, that got along as well as me and you, bro. And, like, I guess maybe I should tell you. So I was talking to my mom before the recording, and I'm like, you know what, mom? Like, it's so cool to have Brandon on because he was part of, like, my journey with when I was on Oshawa, but the thing is, bro, is you were so supportive of me, man. Like, I got to tell you now that we're older. When we played together, buddy, you were one of the best teammates I ever had. You were so nice to me right away. And I was a little bit nervous because I knew I was going to get, like, a regular shift now. And I wasn't just going to be sitting on the bench. So I needed that confidence, bro. And when you came up to me, you know, and introduced yourself, I already knew who you were, right? I've been a big fan of your dad for a <laughs> long time. And, but I'm like, man, that's so cool that he did that. And right off the hop, man, we were buddies. And I just want to tell you now, man, how much I appreciate how, how good of a teammate you were, bro. Yeah, no, really great with such kind words, man. It makes me feel really good inside. And I just remember coming up when I was 16 with the Generals. And, you know, you always got – you just felt so good when those older guys treated you well. And, and like, I just never wanted to be – you hear horror stories about older guys on older teams, super vets, or guys that just treated rookies like crap. And, you know, I, I just – in my mind is when I got older and, and was somewhat of a leader on the team, I always just wanted to treat everyone – uh, with respect. And that just comes from my upbringing and my father and my mother. And so, uh, it, I mean, like I said, it's good to see you again and haven't seen you, man. We were just kids way back when, but uh, probably yeah. been like close to 20, 22 years now. So crazy. Yeah, bro. I was 19, Brandon. So, you know, I just turned 40, right? Yeah. So yeah, bro, that was, that was 20 <laughs> plus years ago, brother. But I, I'm glad that you just brought up your mom and dad because Dude, you're a really big character, you know what I mean? And the big, big characters I have on my show, like, I love to go to the beginnings because I love to try to find out, like, the influences and how the journey started of this big character that I, that I have on my show. I want to go to St. Catharines. Now, I, I gather that that's your birthplace, but I got to ask you because I don't know for sure. Were you were you born in St. Kitts? No, I was actually born uh, in Sault Ste. Marie, just outside uh, of Garden River First Nation, where I was born and raised um just yeah grew up in garden river and my father was obviously the the coach of the sault Saint marie greyhounds and uh yeah just grew up like really any other kid that i thought uh you know grew up on the reserve uh proud indigenous proud ojibwe um just 
you know, it was just like the perfect place to grow up. Lots of, lots of land, lots of outdoor activities, um, lots of cousins around. I have so many cousins, but we've lost count now, but it's just, it was just an awesome, awesome place to grow up. And I couldn't have picked a better place to have my childhood. Okay. So, okay. So Brandon, I'm, I'm glad that that was your answer, bro, because obviously I've had your father on my show. He talked about like the time in the Sioux, right? So what I was thinking is that maybe like Teddy was, uh, you know what I mean? Like it was a part of his career where that's just where he lived and that that's where you were born. I know about, I know about the Sioux, bro. So I'm, I'm happy to talk about it because you were actually born and raised there. I thought maybe you were just raised there. Could have been born in St. Kitts, but hockey DB can, can beat it because we're going to yeah. talk about the Sioux. So man, the thing about the Sioux, Brandon, is that there's so much culture, there's so much history, right? And like, it's weird because when I would go to the Sioux, when I played a junior, we, it was far, it was a far road trip. So we had a chance to kind of stay there for a day. We get a hotel, whatever. And honestly, dude, I love just looking out the window on the bus and just seeing how the whole city is. I couldn't even imagine like, like your, where you actually grew up, how beautiful it must've been. Yeah. Like I love where I'm living now. I live just outside uh, where I played junior hockey in Oshawa. I, I live now with me, but I just, man, I love going back home. It's just, you know, we're right on the water um, in our home community, um, surrounded by other Indigenous people, which, which just makes me feel good. And, uh, like, I just love going back home, all the outdoor activities, the, the fishing, the hunting. You know, growing up, just I, I was just a big hockey nut. Like, I just loved hockey. So I was always playing road hockey. Or I always tell kids, like, when we do uh, our hockey schools or discussions that we do with throughout schools across Canada, I just always talk about, like, the backdoor rink that my father built and our backyard was kind of like the community hangout. So just a big rink with boards. He put the lighting up. We'd be out there. Like I loved minor hockey and I had some really good coaches, but I just loved like the backyard rink and having no instruction, just being able to do whatever you wanted to work on or to, to play shinny with ages of eight to 15 year old. And everyone just came and hung out. And it was just like the, the backyard rink uh, is what kind of I remember most growing up. Yeah, dude, I, I remember Teddy talking about that rink and like I'm, it's so cool to hear your perspective of it, brother, just because, you know what I mean? You got the different generations and it was used differently by by each of you. Right. So I, I really appreciate that. I want to ask you about like so for minor hockey, Brandon, like a lot of the listeners, they really appreciate it when the players can explain like what part of their childhood is when they really kind of took off as far as like performance like like what what age what year in minor hockey do you think it was when it was like wow this guy's this guy's probably going to play in the nhl oh geez i don't know i don't know about that i just like you know just growing up we were so competitive in the sioux um minor hockey was a little bit different than down here in down southern ontario we had a lot of travel uh, a mm-hmm. lot of time on the buses um, I think our, our closest, closest game was probably three hours away against Sudbury, what would be my guess back looking back. But I just remember always being on the bus with my teammates, uh, playing with guys like, you know, Drew Fatta, Chris Thorburn, uh, the Jarrett brothers. Uh, there was just a lot of guys where it was just really high end hockey. And I just remember growing up and like the hockey was really good. And then I guess probably around like maybe 13 or 14 is when I kind of like really started to take it seriously and said, whoa, like maybe I can play junior hockey or, you know, maybe I can play pro or maybe, you know, get lucky enough one day to play in the NHL. I would say 13 or 14. I just really took like the physical fitness side a lot more seriously. I I remember starting to run. 
um, I'd run like, I think it was three miles, like five or six days a week. And I'd always try and beat my time every time I ran. I remember the exact route uh, in our community. I go up the highway, I go down the highway to the, to the sign right by my cousin's house. And I turn around and I try and beat that time every time. And I just remember that run and always trying to, to get better. And that, I feel like at that time, it really like made me just feel really good on the ice because so my fitness was, was really good. And I took that seriously. And I kind of feel like that running kind of changed uh, my hockey career for me at the time. Yeah, dude. And I, thanks for sharing that. One name that you just brought up, though, Brandon, like Chris Thorburn, I forgot that you guys are the same age, man. You guys are 83s. You guys have a really strong age group, man. Like, I, yeah. I played with Thorbs for a while, and he told me about, like, that time and, you know, how strong your guys' age group was, right? So yeah. We would have, like, I remember we'd have races um, in, in uh, Sault Ste. Marie in the city. Uh, I forget what time of year. So we go to like the Memorial Gardens, the, the main rank of Sault Ste. Marie, uh, no sticks, just skates and gloves and helmets. And you, I think it was like three laps around the ice. And every single year I finished second to Chris Thorburn because he was oh. such a great skater and I could never beat him at like the city championship. And I just remember, I, I, he, he was just, he would always piss me off just beating me every single year because he was such a good well, skater. Well, dude, I mean, the guy's legs are like from some Greek god or something, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you know how it is. You know how there, there's banter in the dressing room, but like Thorbs, like when I played with him, bro, he was a grown man, and he was like the guy looked like Hercules. You know yeah, what I mean? He looked like that when he was probably 12 years old. Like he was just he had the same same body type. <laughs> yeah, dude. So I mean, okay. So the, the comments that I made in the beginning of the show about you, how good of a teammate you were for me. And this is when we're playing major junior. This was my third year. I think this was your second year of major junior, right? So you were 18 years old at that time. Now, when you were in the Sault Ste. Marie, when you were in Sault Ste. Marie and your dad was the coach of the Greyhounds, how old were you then? Because I, I think that, man, you got a big head start on everyone else to kind of know how a good team should be. And I think that, man, that you just embraced that, Brandon, and you brought it towards your own career. Like, would you agree with something like that? Yeah, I think a little bit for sure. I was definitely, uh, looking back, I was extremely spoiled around the game of hockey. Like, I thought going in the dressing room or going to junior games like two nights a week or when he moved on to the NHL, like going to an NHL game was was normal and I was just like beyond spoiled in that aspect of getting the chance to go to hockey games all the time because like hockey is crazy expensive and that's it's just rare to go to hockey games now so just being around I was probably uh Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds when he was there they went to three straight Memorial Cups I think it was 91 92 and they won in 93 so that like three-year gap was when I was just like fell it yeah I was I'm an 83 so I was Uh, eight, nine, ten at that time. Yeah. And I just remember like falling in love with the game and the city of Sault Ste. Marie, just like embracing the team. And in the year they won was actually in Sault Ste. Marie. And I still remember like going on the ice with the Royal cup and, and celebrating oh. with all the, yeah, it was just, it was crazy. Like during those times, like junior hockey is the best. I would much rather even today take my kids to a junior hockey game than go down uh, to an NHL game. And like, even to add to that, Brendan, like, if I was going to be involved with like, like ownership, I think I'd rather own a major junior team, man, as yeah. opposed to like a pro team in the coast or, you know what I mean? Like that's oh, the, junior hockey is the best. Like you can make such an impact. Like the kids are 16 to 20. 
you can make such an impact on their life. They have such a great opportunity to get involved with the community. Um, I mean, you play pro hockey. I played pro hockey. You know, like pro hockey players are quite spoiled sometimes. So junior, I just love like junior hockey. Junior hockey is the best. Yeah, dude. So speaking of junior hockey, like I, I, I want to get into the Oshawa Generals. I, I want there, there's a bunch of aspects that I want to discuss about it. Brandon, but first off, like, did you know that you were going to go to Oshawa? Like, did they pretty much tell you before? Like, 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 how did you, how did that all start? Like with the draft? I don't even really remember if they came down. Like, I was playing, I honestly can't remember. I think I was playing junior B and then they came down and maybe scouted me. And then I'm assuming he said, we were going to draft you. I actually committed to going to Harvard. Um, I committed really? to going to, to there. I was going to play junior B for a couple more years. Uh, maybe go like, to some junior hockey in the United States before I got to go to college. But I actually ended up going to, I came to the Oshawa Generals, I think it was in like November, December, my rookie season well, when I was 16. I, I came late because I, after a couple months in junior B and, and seeing everyone else at junior hockey and guys that I knew and, and knowing the level of hockey was, was much higher, I just, I made the decision. I just said like, let's, let's go play junior hockey. So I, I came late and that's kind of where, how I, I kind of, oh kind of fell into it so yeah it was kind of weird like I, I still remember the guys from harbor university coming to garden river first nation sitting on our back porch and kind of, and verbally committing to like going to their program and and then a couple months later fast forward and i'm i'm playing hockey with the oshawa generals yeah so yeah. oshawa generals george burnett yeah. <laughs> right george right george okay I, i'm gonna obviously i'm gonna ask you like like how he impacted your career right but just very quickly, George Burnett, for me, I credit that guy with really allowing me to learn how to be a student of the game. I never really understood systems before, Brandon, because I was just like, I was just the guy that got the tap for fighting and shit. But when yeah. I came to Oshawa, he gave me that third line status, right? And I actually paid attention to the systems and, and a four check and this and that and all the traps that he used to have. But he, I loved it because it was the first time and I got to do it, right? So for him, I credit him so much. How was it for you? Like, was he the coach your, like all three years for you? Yeah, he was okay. there all three years. Yeah, yeah, I know. At the beginning, he definitely like I was coming in looking back. I was a very immature player. I was only 16, right? Like I just cheated for offense all the time. And the first year, he kind of like let me let me do that, but also like trying to teach me along the way. He was very detailed, and as you know, you came in, yeah. he was pretty structured. Like practices were awesome. I think the first year, he kind of let me do my thing, like slowly taught me. Then the second year, I kind of kind of get more uh, defensive awareness, but still try, trying to work on offense. And that third year, it kind of just all came together with me uh, playing with a good buddy of mine, Jamie Johnson. Uh, we we yeah. ended up having a pretty good season. And, and like George, George was, he kind of, he honestly got me ready for, for the program over a three-year period that I had in Oshawa. And uh, the development that I had over those three years was, was really all because of George. He was, he, was a, he was a really good guy too. Like he was, I think he still lives in the area. I haven't seen him in many years, but he was a, he was a really nice, uh, nice man. Yeah, dude, he definitely was very strict, but very nice. Yeah, right. Yeah. Put up with all those, no BS. Uh, we had a call. No in. BS, we had to buddy. Call in with the uh, with the call. We get to call in every night at like nine o'clock or something. Leave curfew, our leave our niche. Yeah, yeah oh, curfew man. call. He would do every trick in the book. He would call yeah. and then call ten minutes later. Call tw thirty minutes later. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was right on point, man. But like, okay, so sticking with Oshawa, Brandon, like you, you mentioned a word there it was development. So, bro, I, I'm I'm a stat guy. So, like, 
like you played with me, but in, in the O, I'm not really sure how they worked with the stat packs and stuff. But, like, you know in Pro how there was always the stat pack. So I was the guy that was first guy in to grab it, and I'm looking at it. And I'm a big fan, right? So I kind of like to look at it. Dude, so with you, this is what I see. You improve so much every single year in Oshawa. Like, it was incredible, bro. Like, we're going 38 points, 58 points, 88 points. Like, and so what, what that shows me, Brandon, is, is obviously you embrace the system, right? With George, like you, you were a total student of the game. You improved so much, buddy, right? You drastically improved every year. So what has to happen for that, to allow that to be true is the coaches, all the brass, all your teammates, everybody has to like you. Because in order for you to flourish, it all has to work out. As we know as hockey players, for us to do well, there has to be like 9, 10, 11 components that all work out for us to actually perform well. And we know that as former players, right? That happened for you. It shows how coachable you are, Ben. Like it's incredible, like the development that you had. I, I want you to talk about what you mentioned before the recording. You said that, you know, you currently live pretty close to your old billets, bro. So I, I wanted, I wanted, did you only have the one set of billets or did you switch it up? Yeah, no, I only had the one set. They were just, yeah. they were amazing. Like, Perfect. they were awesome. So I, I wasn't leaving that place. I was, I was spoiled and lucky at that place. Yeah, dude. So like, I know Oshawa's got a really good setup for that kind of thing, but like, I knew when I got there because I was a mid-season acquisition, right? And like I knew when I got there, the guys that were in good situations and the guys that were rattled about their situations. And yeah. you were as happy the smile you have right now, buddy, was the big the smile you would have all day then. So I'm assuming that it was a really, yeah. really good. Situation. No, it was awesome. They were like my second family. Uh, I still talk to them today. Um, the the father, he actually sat on uh, on my father's board with the Ted Nolan Foundation. Um, like I said, I still talk to them. I still golf with the son every now and then. Um, so like we still talk and we see each How other. Old's like, the son? Maybe once How old was the son? How old was the son? Like one was two years older than me and one was one or two years younger than me. So oh, at, at the time I lived in Oshawa, the oldest one was out of college. Um, but he'd come back and for like whatever vacation yeah. or break or whatever. And, and so we, we still talk. Uh, we still talk to this day. So um, that's like just looking back now, like because you move away when you're 16 or 17 years old and it's, it's just crazy. Like living, moving from your family. And, uh, like you said, you, you get lucky or you don't with your billet situation. And, uh, I got like, I got really lucky with mine. Yeah, dude. Because I mean, Brandon, think about it. Like, so, so you're, you're, you're entering a level that is pretty much pro. Like, it was pretty much pro bro. We were playing pro in the O. Okay. We, we yeah. weren't getting paid like pros, but we were the schedule, the pressure, like the, the fans, Sometimes it would be more than what we ended up getting if we were in the AHL or whatever. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, like, it was the same life, man, right? And so you're going to put that on a 17-year-old, right? And you got to worry about school. you got to worry about the next game, how to impress the coach, how to get stronger, how to work out after the practice. you got all this stuff, buddy. You're 17, right? So if yeah. you have a billet that is not good for you, that could be a game changer. You, you could, like, not – do well because your living situation's bad and, and that affects everything else, right? So, man, I try to explain to people how important the billets were in junior. Like, if you have a good one, how amazing that is. So I like to get the perspective yep. of guys that I know it, it worked out well. Yeah, man, it just like changes your whole, as you said, it just changes your whole attitude and like, just imagine living in a shitty home where you never got meals and 
the people never said good morning to you in the morning or they never said like we're heading off to bed we'll, we'll see you tomorrow like it it would just be it would be a miss it would be miserable living there and and then you got to take that to the rink and perform like you said so yeah um like the bill situation is huge and i think i don't know the billet process or what teams do around the league but like if you can get a, a team full of awesome billets i i would guarantee like that your players would probably play much better if, if they weren't good yeah dude 100 100 bro so brendan i also wanted to like it's like i mean okay so for us as players when we talk about like yourself you you were drafted twice right yeah so let's say a bunch of us we're, we're in our early 20s we're all in the american league and so when we talk about one of us that got drafted twice like we may not have like like a good thought about that because we know sometimes it works out well, sometimes it doesn't, right? It's just, it's a weird situation with us as pros that we have to decide when that happens. But I like it when with you, with you, for example, it worked out pretty good, right? It worked out pretty good. Your decision to go back in the draft. I know it was a little bit later positioning, but I think the team and all that kind of stuff, it worked out pretty well. Do you mind talking about like that decision to go back in? Like, yeah, for sure. Like I, like looking back now, like I 100% I should have signed with New Jersey. That was probably like, probably one of like the biggest regret leading into and like playing pro hockey. Just because like even they, though they you were, did well, though, Brandon, you still feel that way. Yeah, just because my time with like the Canucks organization wasn't the best at all. And and just looking back and knowing Lou Lamborello was with New Jersey, um, seeing how they develop their players, seeing how they all their players get opportunities, pretty much as long as you put in an honest effort and work ethic. Um, so like looking back 100%, I should have signed with New Jersey. Um, I just, you know, I, I turned down the contract when I was 19 and, and, you know, I, I was able to get redrafted again by the Vancouver Canucks, but just looking back, like I, I really, I should have signed with New Jersey. I think I would have had a much better opportunity and, and it was just an organization that a lot of people had respect for. And like I said, that the development that they put their players through is pretty amazing. So I, I really wish I just would have sign there and probably give myself better opportunities to maybe make it to the NHL sooner. But looking back, like who knows, right? Like I could have been out of the game in three years if I signed up with New Jersey, like no one knows, but just knowing that organization, I should have signed with them. I, and I, I, I appreciate you, you sharing that because like, that's like, like a priceless pers- like perspective and view for someone that went through that situation. Right. So I appreciate that buddy. Yeah. Um, the reason why I'm smiling right now is because obviously there was a couple times that, you know, like we, we crossed paths, like we got to be teammates, like, you know, my last year junior. And like, I mean, you're saying that you didn't feel that you did well in the Vancouver organization, bro. But again, me being the stack guy, like I'm just looking at the numbers, bro. And like you did pretty good, Brandon. Like, like I know you're you're reaching for the top as we all had to do. I'm, or if we didn't, then none of us would have been there, right? But yeah. just numbers-wise, you did pretty well. You know what I'm saying? And like, like I, I, I wanted to talk about, about your first year pro, about what it was like playing in that arena in Winnipeg because – a lot of a lot of the new people that are following hockey now, like we all know the Winnipeg Jets, you know, are in Winnipeg. But what they don't know, Brandon, is that, you know, about 15 years ago, it was the Manitoba Moose. Right. And that was Vancouver's farm team that was playing in that same building. That's that NHL building. Right. So what was that like? Was that pretty cool? Was that was that like a game changer to be in a ring? Like yeah. That? Oh, so I love old arenas. Like even playing with Oshawa, with the generals, the old arena that we were in. It was just like so awesome. Um, and then playing in, in Winnipeg with the Moose at that old arena, I'm pretty sure 
the last year that building was operational was the first year, what well, was my first year pro. And then they moved uh, to the new MTS building. I can't remember exactly when, but, but yeah, like the first year pro was honestly, man, like, yeah, it was a good time, but like, I got no opportunity. I, I played like two or three shifts a game and like, I don't, like coming out of junior, like being pretty confident and feeling good about my game and then just getting there and getting two or three shifts a game, like, man, like I'm not that bad where like I should be able to, to get more than three shifts a game and yeah. then just having to totally change my game to going from more of the offensive side and just like getting in there and grinding and trying to be more offensive, um, just to totally changing my game to pucks in deep, to bang a body and to get off the ice was, was really like a big shock and a big change for me because I got like zero opportunity at any point with the Manitoba Moose at the AHL level to, uh, to play the type of hockey that I like to play. Um, so, so my time with the Moose in the AHL was, yeah, it was just, like I said, it was just get a deep bang a body, try not to get scored on and then get back off the ice and get ready for your next shift, whenever the heck that would be. In those few seasons, um, where you were on your entry level, um, how did you, what kind of opportunity did you get as far as preseason with the Canucks? Oh, geez. I think maybe like one game over those three years, I want to say. Um, so you yeah, didn't like, really? I, no, I didn't really. And it shows like how much they valued me. They didn't even offer me a, a contract over those three years. So um, I forget. It's a group two contract or something after your entry level deal. And usually group like. Group two screw. Every, yeah. Everyone is like <laughs> offered the group two screw. And I didn't yeah. even get like a sniff from them again. So it really showed like how they valued me as a player uh, over those three years that I had my chance to show with them and prove them what I could do. Um, Cause for the most part, I was like in the East coast uh, hockey league for, for a good portion of those three years. Yeah. And you battled it out in the coast. It's like, you know, it's, it's same, it's the same three and threes as the AHL, but like, I think the only difference is like the coast are like all about the sleeper buses. And stuff like that, right, Brandon? Like, there's not yeah. really that big of a difference as for the travel with the American League and the Coast, right? Yeah, not too much. I mean, I love the Coast. Like, it was I absolutely loved it down <laughs> you there. You were in a South good Carolina. spot. Yeah, like, I was in South Carolina, Columbia. We were, like, our our, uh, our rink was right on campus with the South Carolina Gamecocks. Um, no so way. we would, like, practice in the morning, and then we'd go to, like, the, cafe- the school cafeteria for lunch and, uh, like, hang out with the students. Um, we were close to like all the action at nighttime and it was like, it was a really cool spot to be in. And I love my time in the coast. Like, uh, the coach down there, Ted Dent gave me a, a lot of opportunity and he let me play the hockey that, that I, that I thought I could play. And I knew I could play at the pro level. And, um, like I, like, I love the coast. Like it was, I love my time down there. Yeah, dude. Well, I mean, I mean, you did well, so you, you know, uh, look good, feel good, play good. Right. That's what we always <laughs> said. Right. <laughs> yeah. But so Brandon, I wanted I want I to jump to 2006, 2007, um, when you're the time that you're with Bridgeport, because I mean, again, as a stack guy, this is this is a year that like I, I don't know if, if you were still getting little opportunity or if you ended up getting more. But the production was that you were a really, really legit player. Like, was that was that a good year, like off the ice, too, for you? Yeah, actually, that year that I played in Bridgeport a little bit, I started the year in Sweden. Um, I went there for, like, I think I left in, like, uh, early August, late July. Um, I played for the Backstreet Lakers. I went to Sweden. I came home in November or December because I just – I didn't like the hockey. The ice was 
too big. The game was too controlled. Like it wasn't the style of hockey that I liked. So I, I left. I left Sweden. And I got. Uh, I got lucky to sign just a minor league contract, AHL deal with uh, the Bridgeport Science Sound Tigers. And there, like I kind of just completely changed my game. I went went like a little nuts. So like I kind of like amped up the uh, the intensity a lot. I think like my probably my last two years between that year and my next year, I think I had like six or seven fights a year. So I kind of by no means like was a heavyweight or could knock guys out, but I kind of just really up the intensity, up the work ethic. And I went all out uh, that bridge for a year. I was just, yeah, I was just, I played like a little more nuts than, than I used to play back in the day. <laughs> right, dude. Yeah, yeah, no, see, I thought it was the other order, right? I thought it was the other order. I thought you started the year in Bridgeport and I was going to say to you, you know, what, what was the reason for the change? Because it, it seemed like you were very, very productive. Right. So, so now I totally get it. So you decided to come back and just lit it up when you came back. Yeah. Like I went to Sweden to kind of, I think I left when I was 24 years old after I didn't get a contract offer from uh, Vancouver yeah. again. And I, my plan was to play there for like 10 or 15 years. Like I gave up yeah. on my, uh, NHL dream. I was so far away. Like I was, I was somewhat close in the AHL, but then playing most of my majority of pro and East coast, I'm like, man, I'm like, maybe I'm not good enough. So I'm going to go to Europe. I'm going to play there for 10, 15 years, play till I'm 40. And then the first couple of months, like I said, it just, I didn't like the hockey. And, and I came yeah. back and said, Hey, let's, let's give it one more shot and, and see what we can do, put in a full effort and hopefully find a, a good opportunity in the right spot. Okay. Right on. So like, this is this is cool, and I'm liking this because it seems like I mean you you did do well over there, right? You, like you said, you didn't like it, but your production was good, so your game was on point. You come back, you start doing very well in the American League. Okay, so now we got a little bit of momentum here, my brother. We got momentum, <laughs> we got confidence. You know what I mean? And then I want to talk about this final year because, dude, you like I want I want to know. The summer before that season, what was going on? Because, bro, you absolutely tore it up in this next coming season, right? Point yeah. per game. Like, dude, it's pretty sick, man. How did you prepare yeah, like that, that year? That summer was huge. Like, I came I came out of uh, that year with the Bridgeport, and I was uh, lucky enough to sign with uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. But I was going to be starting in Albany with the River Rats. I don't know, it was just something about, like, I was 24 years old. I was kind of, like, maturing, um, you know, getting stronger, getting, like I said, getting more mature. And I just had a, I had a really good summer of training and on ice, off ice, all that stuff. Um, and I went, to, I went to Carolina, like, extremely confident for, for camp. And, uh, like, I would have never have told anyone this at the time, but I kind of went there, like, you know, maybe I can make this team. Like, I never yeah. had an opportunity in the NHL. And, and I went to Carolina's camp with, like, full of confidence and, and I really like, I'm like, maybe I can make this team. So I had a good camp and then uh, I got sent down to Albany and it kind of just, it rolled from there, which was kind of like a weird start in Albany as well. Cause I started on the fourth line and I didn't really play oh. a regular shift until like maybe 10 or 12 games in. I started with uh, a buddy of mine at the time and I actually talked to him about a week or two ago, Trevor Gillies, me and uh, Gil train were, were, we, st- we were on the fourth line with the Albany river. That's where I started. And uh, like I said, I, I just had, I had a lot of confidence that year. And then I got to play with uh, one of the probably the best players I've ever played with, Keith Akoyan, uh was my centerman. Oh, wow. And I got a chance to play on the first line on his, on his right wing. And we kind of just clicked. Um, so that season, 
uh, with like the assistant goals. Uh, it was like a big portion of that goes to keep the coin and, and just gelling and, and uh, being like-minded in the offensive zone. And it was really like, it was the first year that a coach trusted me and kind of showed, uh, showed me confidence. Cause you know, like any coach should, or any player is only as good, like as their coach wants them to be. So if you don't get opportunity, you're not going to have any success. And if the coach loves you and pumps you full of confidence, like you're going to, you're going to be successful. And this was the first time uh, having Tom Rowe as my coach with the Albany Rivets. He was extremely tough, but he was like a nice man where he was tough on you, but he was like, he was a human. He was respectful. Like all he wanted was a full effort. And uh, like Tom Rowe was probably the biggest influence outside of my father on, uh, on my hockey career and really showing what I could do my last year pro. The famous Tom Rowe, man. I haven't yeah. heard that name T-Rex. since since my best buddy, Dan Sullivan, who was part of that organization. So he must have had an experience with this gentleman as well. Tom Rowe, man. That's crazy. That guy, that guy's a legend, man. Isn't he? Oh, he was awesome. I actually, before I got there too, my dad's like, uh, you might not get too much ice time. I actually jumped Tom Rowe when we played against each other in pro. So I was like, oh God, like, here we go. Another coach that already like, doesn't like me before I get there. So but, uh, he was like, he was awesome. Like, like I said, he was strict, but he was like, I just learned so much about the game that year. Like even just little things in practice, like, like shooting in practice and like stopping at the net after every time we had a chance in practice to shoot, he had a stopping at the net and it's so simple, but I never, no one ever said that, or I never did that my whole career And just little things like that. Um, you know, not swinging away, uh, hard, crispy passes all the time in practice. Practices were like games with, with Tom Rose. So he was like, he was an awesome coach and, uh, he big, big credit to Tom Rowe for me, like in my last year pro, like I said. Wow, man. That's incredible. I, I love it, man. That's priceless. Thanks for sharing that, bro. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, because this is like, it, like, this is, it, this is really special. And like, like, let's talk about the call up that year. Like, how did you first find out that you were getting called up and did you have to sign another contract to get called up? Uh, no, I believe I was already signed on like on two way with, uh, okay, so you're already Carolina. on the two way. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I, I just got the call, uh, right before Christmas, December 22nd. Um, I had an event actually with some indigenous youth a couple of days ago and I was telling them this story, but I got the call in my apartment. Um, I was playing pretty good hockey, like leading up to like late November, early December. And he said, Hey, like keep this up. You never know. Like maybe if someone gets hurt, Justin Williams ended up uh, blowing out his knee. Um, so I went up cause the Willie got hurt and then just remember getting the call and like, it was like crazy emotional. Like I, I cried like when Tom Rowe called me cause, uh, so just Tom like, Rowe made the call. Yeah. Like, he yeah. called me. He said, he said, you're going up. Like it was just crazy. Cause like the, the weird and crazy stuff that I went through for the, over the past four years in pro hockey with not really, you know, believing myself or have an opportunity or, or whatever it is, a little bit of both. And then just getting that call and like, just, you know, thinking back like when you're a kid and playing in the NHL is your goal and dream and and then having that opportunity on December 23rd right before Christmas in uh, in Tampa Bay against the Lightning and I, I honestly I don't even remember playing against certain guys like that whole game was kind of like blackout like I don't even remember anything I didn't I don't remember playing against uh like Vincent LeCavier, Martin St. Louis, Brad Richards like I was just like I went out there I did my shift I tried not to get scored on I got off and I think my adrenaline was so high I don't even really remember any part of the game. And, Do you remember uh, the apple? Just, 
I do remember the apple. Yeah. And I actually, I remember that because uh, uh, I think Andrew Ladd scored or, so, or someone else scored. Uh, and I got a chance to play in the third line that game. And I, I can't, I don't know the numbers back then, but it was probably like probably 10 or 12 minutes of ice, which, which at the time for me was a lot. So um, it was, yeah, it was a crazy game with uh, my brother and my girlfriend at the time, uh, who's now my wife. My mom was there. Uh, my aunt was there. Um, a couple of buddies from St. Catharines came down. So it was just, it was crazy, man. Like it, it was like, it was just nuts playing in the NHL. Like at 25 years old, I still felt, I still feel like a kid, but like, I felt like a kid and, it was, yeah, it was just weird, man. Like it was, it was so weird. Oh, trust me, man. This is, yeah. this is, it's, it's awesome talking to you about it, Brandon. Cause like I, I, I can see the passion in your face explaining it. Cause you really did. That really was your dream and you really did appreciate it so much. Some yeah. guys it's different, man. I like, I talk to them and they'll talk about it and like, you know, when they were two years old, they thought they were Wayne Gretzky and nothing less, yeah. right? So, but I can tell how much you appreciate it, buddy. It's so cool to have you hear about it. So, just so the listeners know, so Mr. Brandon Nolan got a point, got an apple. For those of you who don't know what we're referring to, <laughs> assist in his first National Hockey League game. So, um, so you do remember that goal, though? Like, you remember passing it and then seeing it go in and knowing that you got a National Hockey League point? Yeah, just like <laughs> holy shit! Like, is this like really happening right now? Because like I, like you said, like I loved hockey. I loved the grind of hockey. I loved like, I loved getting hit. I loved giving hits. Like I just the grind was what. Like I loved the summer workouts, um, exerting myself to full exhaustion. Um, like I said, the grind, like getting on the bus in the American League or the East Coast League, and just like everything about the game of hockey and the grind. Like I really truly loved it, and I just. Love the competitiveness. I love everything about the game, and and that game was crazy. Um, so yeah, like I I do remember that that play, um, and then just a couple other things like throughout the game. Um, yeah. So it, like I said, man, it was crazy. Like it, it was pure craziness. Yeah, dude. So and, and again, I I really appreciate you you sharing that, buddy. Um, so like obviously, um, I wanted to talk to you about the whole like concussion topic, right? Um, there's a lot of guys, man, it's, it's such a big thing for, for our sport, bro. There's so many guys that either have a concussion, concussion foundation, or they had to have their career short because of it. Like it's, it's, it's always some, somehow connected to the player, right? So for you, what I really want to get into is when you were at a time where you were kind of on the IR, like you weren't done yet but you were you know what I mean seeing if you could play seeing if you couldn't you made probably the best decision of your life and you went to school bro I read this I'm like this guy went to Durham College Liam went to Durham College my youngest brother the seven footer yeah man and I'm like this guy went to Durham College and then Brandon I'm reading more and I'm like well look at look at what this guy did and then I'm like that makes sense because like you because I remember like when you guys started your your thing with the hockey school and everything, I'm like, I'm like, there's gotta be a business guy that just knows the the rules and the game and how to how to how to thrive. And and bro, that's you, man. That's you. Yeah. Do you mind talking yeah, about that? Like about the school and everything? Yeah, like the concussion yeah, for school, like it was really cool, but the concussion stuff was was really tough. Like, cause like you said, so my first game was uh, NHL game was December twenty third. Uh, I was 25 years old, call it. And then 
uh, I got my concussion at, in, in uh, the middle of February, uh, just two months after my first NHL game. And after that, that concussion, like I never played hockey again. Like my career was over. Um, I, I didn't know at that time. I thought I'd come back the next season. Yeah. But like, like it really stopped because I was playing like the best hockey in my life. You know, like, and then I just remember like at the end of the year in Albany, like not being able to come back for playoffs. We had a really good team. Um, and then like having my exit meetings with Tom Rowe and Ron Francis at the time, who's with Carolina. He's like, he's like, just, you know, let's get you healthy, come back. And he's like, well, you'll, you'll be up with Carolina the next year. And I'm just like so excited. And then I go through the whole summer of feeling like absolute shit, like dizziness, headaches. I couldn't go to like the mall with the bright lights. Um, and then just the, the feeling like, so it just never went away. So after two years of like headaches and dizziness and doctors and, and appointments, like they just said and recommended, like, man, like you should probably just retire and shut it down. And, and not, uh, I was, so I was 27 years old at the time to kind of realize like, man, I'm not, I'm not getting any better. I can't, I still deal with this today. I'm 39 this summer. Um, I can't like lift weights. I can't go for runs. I can play like shinny pickup hockey, but I just, I can't exert myself the full exhaustion. And then I just feel like weird things in my head. No, it could last for weeks. So um, I still deal with it today, which is, which is weird, but just like going through that time. And then, like you said, just at age uh, 27, I just made the decision to go back to, Dur go back to school. I uh, went to Durham college, which is right here in uh, with the Oshawa. And uh, yeah, like school, like, cause like you go to high school, obviously when you're playing junior hockey, but that was the last schooling that I went to until like 18 to 27. So to go to school at age 27, when everyone in my class was 18, 19, fresh out of high school was like really weird. And I didn't know how to study. I didn't know how to like take notes properly. And then just going over that process and kind of just really learning what I, I had a high work ethic in hockey and I had a high work ethic in schooling and just like applying those things. Cause I definitely wasn't the smartest, um, but just like the work ethic that my parents instilled in me, um, like work will just cure anything, man. Like even just with just anyone's job, like, whether it's business or construction or whatever, like hard work, like I'll, I'll have a friend or hang out with a hard worker every, every day of the week. Like, yeah. so I just took those things uh, to, to Durham college with me and, and applied those. So business admin and, and marketing, right? Obviously that was a strategy. You must've been like the, the pipeline and the seeds must've been growing of, of what, you, of what, you know, you and your brother and your father, may have been planning to do like was that part of the plan of you you doing uh, this yeah. or was it did it all just come together no man honestly like i took marketing uh so business admin program and specialized in marketing i took marketing because like it, i felt like it was the easiest uh, to get through <laughs> like i swear like i took that because it was the easiest um it was like the quickest way to get it. i don't i don't know man like I just i just thought it was the easiest so I, I took that all i really wanted was that piece of paper that said I graduated and then I could go out and get a job. So the easiest and most quickest and efficient way for me at the time to get that was to, to go the marketing route. So that's why I chose marketing. And looking back now, it's just like really lucky um, with the stuff that we do now with like our hockey schools and our clothing line and uh, just going through the mar marketing program with like business plans and uh, financial statements and all that stuff. And it honestly, like I just got really lucky um, falling under wow. that program, kind of taking it, um, when I graduated at age 30 to stuff that we've been doing over the past, uh, almost 10 years now. Yeah. Just 
But yeah, man, I just I chose it because I thought it was the easiest. Yeah. Well, dude, you chose the right thing, right? Because I the next thing I want to talk about is the creation, the creation of the Three Nolans First Nation Hockey School. And like, I just want, like, I'm going to get you to explain it, but just for the listeners, like, this is why Brandon, his brother and his brother and father did this. Like, they're doing this to inspire the lives of First Nation adolescents across Canada to make hockey skill camp available also for the youth and adolescents. So, I mean, dude, (laughs) hearing something like that, Brandon, like, it just makes you feel good. Like, that is so good, dude. I'm so proud that you're doing this. I want you to talk about the creation of it, though, and how long after your was it before your graduation or after? Oh, definitely after I graduated at age thir- at age thirty, um, and then we didn't start for a couple years after. But no, okay. just like just growing up, like with my parents, like I learned at an early age, like how giving back was so important, um, giving back to our people, like Indigenous people. Uh, with my father starting the the Ted Nolan Foundation raising over $3 million to First Nation uh, women to help with further their education. Um, so my mom and dad, like at an early age, always taught me like to give back and to help where you can and really just to be a good person. And then uh, my father did the uh, Anishinaabe Bay Hockey School years ago. He'd go to First Nation communities all across Canada. And then just seeing what he did in the past and then talking with uh, my father and my younger brother, Jordan, I'm like, let's just, let's create our own. Cause at the time we were being like contracted to, to come into other programs. So say, I don't know, Joe Smith hockey school in, uh, in Calgary, Alberta, they bring us out and there'd be the odd first nation kid. And, and that's kind of why they brought us there. But then I said, let's just create our own. Let's make our hockey school for first nation youth all across Canada. And then we'll see where we go, where we can take this. And it just kind of started slowly. We did two or three camps a, a year. Um, my brother was still playing pro hockey at the time. Um, we had a couple other projects going on. So it was really like all that we could handle at that time. And then it just kind of slowly grew. Um, so now we do well with COVID, um, kind of put a halt to things, but now we're kind of yeah. getting back into it. And, uh, and we could do anywhere from like eight to 15, uh, hockey schools a season and just, uh, just getting out there getting in the communities. Like a lot of communities would go to our fly-in. Um, so we're talking like getting to a major city and then taking like five stops to a, to a flying community. Um, so it's just like, it, it's been absolutely amazing uh, just getting out and working with the youth and uh, giving back in some capacity, hopefully, you know, getting there and inspiring someone to change their life for the better. And uh, like with our hockey schools, we always say like, it's not about like, we can create the next NHL hockey player. Awesome. Cool. But if we can create like good, uh, good citizens, good leaders, um, future leaders in the community and people that, that grow up to give back um, like we've been taught, then, you know, that's really what it's all about, man. It's not hockey's awesome and hockey's cool, but um, just being a good person trumps everything over, <laughs> over hockey. Amen, bro. Like, <laughs> thank you for doing what you guys do. Like, like just like me personally telling you, Brandon, because like, like it really is so awesome. Um, what I was going to say to you is, okay. So imagine, imagine me and you were buddies growing up. We're only a year apart, Brandon. So we're growing up, we live in any, whatever city, doesn't matter. And we have an opportunity to go to this hockey school, right? And this hockey school is run by this dad who played in the NHL, just, you know, coach of the year, everything. His sons both played in the NHL, Stanley Cups on the resumes. Like, we'd be like, oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. I can't believe this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, we're going. Brandon, Sean, we're going. We're going. And then we get there. And we're going to be so excited, bro. And we're going we're gonna to listen to 
every single thing that they say because we just can't believe that we're there. And we want to prove to them that that we can be we can be heroes and we can be better and and, and we can follow in their footsteps, right? Like because me and you are similar like that. And I and I know that's how you think. Yeah. So imagine the impact that you guys are having, bro. Like, like it's I wanted you to hear it like that because sometimes you have to hear like different views and stuff, right, yeah. bro? And like just imagine, like, do you ever sit back and just think about, you know what I mean? Like the thought, like I said in the intro, what did I say? They, they, they've impacted thousands. Like it's tens of thousands, but could you ever think about like all the kids, bro, that you've impacted in a positive way? Like it's incredible, man. Yeah. I mean, like saying it like that, like not, not really, man. Like, cause I don't know. Like it's, just, it's so weird. Like just going there, like we're no better than anyone else, but like just cause we played in the NHL and we had a little bit of success through the game. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, we just go there to try and inspire the next generation and to, you know, trying to pass on the stuff that we learned growing up. And uh, just, it's absolutely crazy. Like, when you say it like that, like, my father winning coach of the year, my younger brother winning two Stanley Cups in LA. I, I just got a banner here in my hockey room uh, with my younger brother lifting the Stanley Cup at the parade in, in LA yeah. and then winning his third cup ring uh, with the St. Louis Blues. Like, I, I cannot believe like he's got three Stanley cup rings and like, it's crazy. Like when you think about it and we're just three normal guys from garden river, first nation, a community of like a thousand people. And I guess like when you say like that, it's kind of crazy, but like I said, I don't know. We just, I don't know. We just get out there and just get our hands dirty and get in the community and, and try and inspire. Like I said, but yeah, like, yeah, just looking back on like just my, even just with my brother like having three Stanley Cup rings, like it's just crazy. Like he had three rings. We had a, an event a couple of days ago, and he had three rings on his hand. He's showing everyone. And I'm just like, holy shit! Like my younger brother has three Stanley Cup rings, and and we get to show that to Indigenous youth because uh, for us, like Indigenous youth, they want to see people that look like them. Um, they want to like be able to relate in that manner, and it's just like cool. Like now that we have we have that opportunity to try and like expire the next generation. And, and for me, like just growing up and, and learning all these things, I just think it's everyone's responsibility to give back in some capacity, whether it's time or money or, or anything just to give back in some form. And, and for us, it's giving back through these hockey schools. And honestly, man, like I, I absolutely love them. Like it's, it's just like the, the only thing I want to do is just get in the community and work with the kids. And it's been a wild ride so far. And we're just hoping to grow it as we, as we go along here. Yeah, dude. And I mean, like, it's when I first heard about it, like, I'm like, oh, man, that's so cool. Right. But like, Brandon, like, like I know what you're saying about the rings and stuff. Right. But but dude, just the fact that you guys all played in the NHL, like that is so special, bro. Like, if you really think about it, the percentage of guys that make it that play hockey and that all you guys played in the NHL, like, like, like that's what, that's the thing that I find most intriguing, right? The Stanley yeah. Cups are like, are like the, you know, the cherry on the top, right? But just yeah. the fact that you guys all played, bro, like. Yeah, like there's so, yeah, there's so many guys that could play in the NHL. It's just getting like that, that right fit, the right opportunity. Like you could, you could go, I can go watch an East Coast Hockey League game right now. And there'd be five guys that could play in the NHL. Like without yeah. a doubt, without a question, like no doubt in my mind. And it's just like for us, it was just getting the opportunity and finding the right coach. For me, it was Tom Rowe. For my brother, it was Daryl Sutter giving him the opportunity. And and uh, just as an athlete, everyone just wants an opportunity. And and in some, we just I guess we got a little luckier along the way than than others. But 
yeah like it's it's crazy like yeah, yeah. nhl man <laughs> it's crazy so so brandon there, there's quite the little list here and i'm so proud to read it um i wanted to talk about you being vice president of the ted nolan foundation um i want you to talk about it but but just so the listeners know like like this has helped change the lives of many aboriginal youth um by sending them to leadership camps it, like can you explain that a little bit that's pretty cool man yeah my father and mother uh my dad started the ted nolan foundation and author of his uh his mother rose who was tragically killed in like a drunk driving accident when he was younger and uh he always wanted to honor her name in, in some form and and the Ted Nolan Foundation kind of started out as uh, like more focused on youth and, and giving youth opportunity. Uh, so we we sent a bunch of kids to Tim Hortons uh, Children Foundations camp over the years. And then as the foundation uh, grew and got a little bit bigger, um, they really focused on uh, educating or continuing the education of first nation women all across Canada. So they gave a scholarship uh, in in name of my. Um, uh, my father's uh, mother, Rose, the Rose Nolan Memorial Scholarship Fund, and uh, that scholarship was given out to, to 10 women in first Asian communities all across Canada at $5,000 uh, per scholarship. So it was like, it was really, really important for my, for my father and my mother, Sandra, at the time to provide those opportunities. And then um, the foundation was, was lucky to partner with a bunch of institutions, colleges, and universities across Canada that uh, agreed and could, could to continue the uh, the Rose Nolan Memorial Scholarship Fund within their institutions. So now, oh, wow. so who knows? Like when my daughter goes to college, university, maybe like she'll have a chance to win the Rose Nolan Memorial Scholarship Fund at a partner college university that that the Ten Nolan Foundation partnered with. So that uh, scholarship is going to carry on for for many, many, many years. And uh, it was really important for my for my father Ted to do that. And, um, so I would think probably one of the most things he, he's proud of is creating that Ted Nolan Foundation. Jeez, bro, that yeah. is amazing, huh? Yeah. Is that is that the one that runs the deepest, or is it hard to say? Like, yeah, for him, for sure. Like, he was really close to his mother, and it's even like uh, hard for him to talk about now. Like, to talk about his mother sometimes, and and like she was so special to him, taught him so much, and that for sure. Like, uh, that's uh, that's one of his. That's, uh, that'll be his, like his legacy, leaving that behind and and then just uh, continue with some of the work we're doing. So, yeah, for him, like that's that was uh, that was extremely important for him to do uh, in his life. hundred percent, hundred percent. Just uh, and like I, I really appreciate you sharing that, Brandon. So the, just to lighten things up a little bit, um, I wanted to talk about because uh, I've had I've had Terry Ryan on the show. And, yeah. you know, like, like we got a little bit into Shorzy, right? Um, I want to get into that. But just before I do, though, Brandon, um, for the three Nolan and, and everything, the Ted Nolan Foundation for everything, what's the best way, like, like me, Sean McMorrill, I want to support. How do I do that? Yeah, so, like, you can find out a lot about us on uh, 3nolans.com, like our official website, 3nolans um, uh, Instagram. Facebook, all that stuff. Um, a lot of the stuff, like, so if you go on our website, a lot of the contact, uh, if you go fill out the contact page or uh, PM, DM on Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff, it comes directly to my phone. Um, so I'm always on my phone, uh, deal with that type of stuff. But if anyone wants to get involved, like please contact me. We're always looking for good partners. We're always looking for uh, donation, whether it's people's uh, money or people's time 
or uh, so we're just always looking for good partners. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it costs a lot of money to, to go to some places we do. So any help that we can get in terms of giveaway prizes or equipment or, uh, you know, really anything, um, we just take all the help we can get. And actually my father and I are, are starting, uh, we're creating a team, a team indigenous of all indigenous boys, um, U15, AAA, and we're going to enter a tournament in Toronto here. And we actually wow. partner with, uh, Anthony Stewart and his wife, Shantae's, uh, nonprofit called hockey equality um so really just finding like cool partners like that um trying to help grow and build the game make it more diverse um so for us like having that opportunity through uh and partnering that with them at hockey equality like i said just creating those cool partnerships with uh, like-minded people and just people that that like getting stuff done you know sometimes you meet with companies like yeah we'll get back to you yeah like yeah maybe we'll donate but just like people like like we just like getting shit done man like i don't want to wait i just want to go like i just want to get there and do stuff um i just want to make impact I, I don't i don't i don't need to wait and hockey quality was kind of the same they said like let's do this let's go let's go let's go and we just we created it it just got created like like maybe a month ago and we're just in that process so like i said just finding cool partners uh we'll, we'll partner with anyone uh, that that's like-minded yes and I did see this when you guys made a little announcement, right? You guys made a little yeah. announcement right on social media, right? About the partnership. Yeah. Okay. So I did see that. I was very happy to see it. So hockey equality, which I, who I follow, I support great, great, great program. Yeah. Um, this is, this is great. But like what, I, what I'm really trying to get at here, the reason why I'm smiling, Brandon is like, okay, so you guys like, okay, so that's the partnership. And you know, obviously I'm, I'm friends with Anthony and Shanti, yeah. right? So you guys are entering a team of, of incredible indigenous kids, correct? Yep. And then obviously a Stu, he's probably going to have like a team that like he backs, right? Yeah. So are we going to yeah. chirp? We got to chirp a little bit. On the oh, Sheriff yeah. podcast, bro. Are you oh, getting? Yeah. What, what do you have to say to to, a, to Anthony Stewart about yeah, what the I, potential honestly, matchup? Are you guys gonna win or what's going on? Oh, I hope so. Um, yeah. So <laughs> just right now, like, I don't know if he's under a team. I've just been so like, you well, probably uh, spring hockey was like this much work and this much involvement, trying to find kids, having like our tryout skate in early April at Scotiabank Pond, um, trying to identify kids and get them on our list and see them if they're interested. Um, yeah. so it's been like, it's been a lot of work, but it's been a really cool process and just finding like a team of all indigenous boys, um, super high end talent, um, just provide them with an opportunity to, to be seen an opportunity to be around people, uh, that look like them, uh, to be coached by people that look like them. And, uh, hopefully like, just like I said before, like just trying to inspire them, trying to spark, like if we can spark and inspire all 17, that'd be like absolutely amazing dream come true. But if like, even if we could spark and change the life of one kid and he's like, wow, like I had a really good tournament. Like maybe I can, maybe I can do something with this. And this kind of like this pilot project with this tournament is kind of just like the first of we're hoping for many more uh, in partnership with hockey quality. And we want to like, we want all age groups and all, all tournaments uh, across North America to hopefully enter. And it's just like the early start. And I hope in that we can grow uh, and just provide more opportunity for our youth. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm I'm loving it so much, Brandon. I'm I'm so excited about that. I actually, I mean, because obviously it just happened recently. You guys made the announcement, yeah. And then you know that happens, and then everybody has to prepare for for the next thing to happen. So yeah. I, it actually didn't even cross my mind that I knew that. 
and you bringing that up, it was like, I was like, boom, yeah, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? F and right, I guess I would say, right? Yeah. But like, yeah, dude, so that that's incredible. Um, You guys will have a good team, bro. You guys will have some kids that are just, you know what I mean, hungry. And and, and it's, it's it doesn't matter how, how good any of the teams are. It, it's about the fact that it's happening. It's about the yeah, fact exactly. that people are able to see, you know, the mentors that look like them, like you said. Yeah. Because, Brandon, like I – like, like, cause you know how like a lot of the racial stuff in hockey is, has come up recently. Right. And, yeah. you know, I'll do interviews and, you know, people will ask me, Oh, you know, you know, what, what did you experience when you were a kid? And, and, and what I've learned, bro, through this process of the racial stuff coming up is that it wasn't so much certain incidents, Brendan, what it was is us not being able to see anybody that looked like us when we grew up. And that yeah. as a kid, you have a certain comfort level with your surroundings and that comfort level could be very low if you've never seen anyone that looks anything like you. Right. And that's kind of what I realized. So dude, oh man, if I, if I had the best hat, I would take it off and sacrifice it because bro, it's unbelievable what you guys are doing. And imagine if we had something like this, Brandon, 30 years ago, could you imagine how different it could have been for us? And many others, guys that we know that probably could have made it if they had a little bit more spark. And maybe that's what they needed, bro. And, th- yep. and they just didn't have it back then. You guys are providing that now. Yeah, I mean, there's so so much talent in, uh, in many different ethnicities, different backgrounds, people from different areas of the world, different, you know, Canada's so diverse. But when you look at the game of hockey, it's, it's so, it's not, it's not diverse. And it's time now to start to see more people of color in the game, whether it's players, management coaches, like now's the time and the change is coming. So um, like it's, yeah, That's we need to make hockey way more diverse than what it is. Cause um, you know, if we don't registration is going to continue to go down. Um, the game is going to be continued just for the elite. Um, the people that can afford it are be the only ones that are going to make the NHL and have that opportunity. So now's the time to, to make the game more diverse and uh, yeah, it, it, it's common. Yeah, dude. And you know, three Nolans is, is, is making it becoming, right? It's because of you guys that were making these strides, brother. And and that's why I for me, it's like firstly, I think I'm I'm saying thank you. Never stop doing what you guys are doing, man. Like it's so important. I speak on experience. It, it's it's so important. People have no idea. Like and, and for those that do, they're like, Yeah, I'm so glad they're talking about this because people yeah. people are like, I hear you, man, I hear you, because they 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 know exactly what we're talking about, man. You know yeah. what I mean? So th- this is yeah. inspiring, and it's very good, Brandon. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, even just growing up, like, like I love, like, Wayne Gretzky, Steve Eiserman, Paul Coffey, like, all those guys. But I would have much, much rather met, met, like, Chris Simon or Denny Lambert or uh, yeah. Brian Chache. Like, though, like, for me, like, that's who I wanted to meet. And like, like you said, like, people want to people wanna – influenced by people that look like them and and we're just hopefully just doing some small part so yeah it's it's cool though awesome buddy that's awesome so so dude like i like and and terry was like he he said that you you can't say too too much but there's a certain amount that you guys can talk about um you know every outlet saying that mr brandon nolan's gonna have a reoccurring um (laughs) appearance on shorzy is that true We'll see when it comes out, man. Like, I don't know. Um, but no, Terry's awesome. Like he's one of the nice guys I've ever met. Like Terry will be a friend for life. Like he was really cool. Uh, still talk to this day. Like just that experience is really cool. Uh, like for those who don't know, it's, it's 
the show's called Shorzy. They actually released the uh, the trailer commercial during Super Bowl, which was like amazing. That was um, so cool. But the spinoff from the popular show Letterkenny, um, with the character Shorzy getting his own uh, his own TV show. So uh, we were contacted by by the creator Jared Kiso, and just like got thrown into this opportunity. And it's just a really cool show, like more focused on hockey. But uh, you know, people on the show, a lot of people have a hockey background. So once we got there and started filming. I think they eased us in. So a lot of the stuff was like hockey focused first. So minimal acting uh, required. So they kind of ease us in. They're really nice to us. But just like the dynamic of, of the actors and the hockey players and the team that was created. Um, I won't say the team name because I don't know if we're allowed to say that yet. But, but the yeah, team yeah, that was yeah. created, we just kind of like fell into like, I felt like I was playing pro hockey again. Like after really? a day, we were chirping each other. Like we were going to dinner. We were playing video games. Like it was odd. Like the experience was absolutely amazing. And uh, just meeting cool guys like like Terry there uh, made the experience like I loved it. Like, it was awesome. So hopefully, if if it does well and uh, there's more seasons to come, fingers crossed that they'll uh, they'll invite us back. So I'll I'll go uh, if they ask me. But we'll see uh, how the acting skills are when it actually comes out in there. Right on, bro. So so did you um the time that you were there did you did you have an opportunity to battle um, my boy Joe Dolo? In a freestyle oh, yeah. battle? Oh, no, I didn't go near that. He's uh, <laughs> bro, he was cool. Like, he was a really cool guy. You could tell he he was, like, played hockey at a high level. And uh, just following him, like, on Instagram and stuff, seeing the cool things that he's doing uh, in the music industry and in the acting industry. Like, he was, he was a really cool guy. And that was just another guy uh, that I was lucky to meet. And, and uh, yeah, he, he was cool. He was a cool guy. Jonathan Diaby, man. Like, yeah. And that guy, man, he 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 had the ability. Like he was he was big. He could skate. He was tough. Diaby's yep. got it all, man. He just chose music because that he has a bigger passion for it. You know what I'm saying? But he could have made yep. it in hockey if he actually like put everything into it, right? But oh yeah, music is his passion. Like, the reach and like his strength and yeah, holy shit! Like got in the ice. Like uh, passes were crispy. They're like they're on the tape, just messing around. I'm like, how did like. He just must not have like got the right opportunity, but like you could tell he was he could have been like a really really good player in the pro game and and uh, like like I said like he was he was a cool guy and there was many guys just like that on the show that were that were really cool and just made the experience like it, like I said it was like playing pro hockey we're just a bunch of kids like acting during the day then having fun playing video games at night going to dinners tripping each other doing stupid stuff <laughs> in the hotel so it was like it was the best experience it was really cool. Yeah, man. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, bro. When I saw that commercial during the Super Bowl, honestly, bro, I couldn't believe it, bro. I'm like, these guys, they've made it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big deal, man. Right? It was wild. Like, I just, looking back, you're like, holy shit. Like, I was, like, on a commercial during the Super Bowl. And, like, an acting of all things. Like, like who the heck thought that I would have been, like, on a TV show even a year ago? Like we were contacted in the summer, like late summer about the opportunity. And it just like all came together. And uh, from what I've heard from people that have seen a couple of clips, like it's mostly pretty cool and it should be, should be pretty interesting. It's kind of like their goal was kind of just to make like, to make the best, like uh, real looking hockey show, but have like a lot of humor and other things involved. And uh, like, so I'm, I'm just, I can't wait to see it. Cause like, cause I know some, what I've seen, like just in the, day-to-day uh, interactions with everyone and just seeing things like holy shit like this is gonna be really cool it's gonna be a cool show 
so and 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 I appreciate you sharing that. So so Brandon, we have a YouTube channel, right? And like so what? So what if we have some followers that are like movie directors and they're like, "What? This guy's acting? I really like his look." I want you know what I mean? Are you willing to 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 take the next step in the acting career if the opportunities come about? Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, uh, if Shorzy continues, I'll 100% do that. I, I just, I'm loving what I'm doing. I think my brother's, uh, he's, he wants to get involved in that side of things. Like he, oh, yeah. he loves the, the music industry or the movie industry. He's a big movie buff. He's, uh, I think he really enjoys acting and he, he likes getting in. So maybe he'll want to continue that uh, a little further if the opportunity arises. But, but for me, like, I just love what I'm doing now. And uh, it was a cool opportunity yet. to get away for, for seven weeks and to film the show. But like, I, 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 I don't know if I could do that full time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you, man. But you, I mean, you guys look like you had a blast, man. It was yeah. really cool. Like, obviously I follow, I, I follow you guys. I, I also follow Terry Ryan. I, I follow the Abbey and like, I seen some pictures posted of you guys, man. And like, man, you guys look like you had a good time, bro. So the show's going to do really well, man. I mean, what I've heard about it, um, it, it's going to do really well. So I'm definitely looking forward to that, man. That That's awesome. And, and, and Brandon, like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking about like the episode that we had today. And like, I, I knew that it was going to be very special to me. Right. Because I, you know, guys that I had the chance to play with, that I could actually talk to and, and have on this platform. And then, and then, you know, and then there's the aspect of everything that you, your dad and your brother are doing, bro, especially yourself. And I, I just, I'm so happy that I was able to talk about it on my platform because yeah. it's, it's most of the stuff that you do is so important to me, Brandon. Right. Yeah. So that's why this was really important. We probably yeah. time wise, we talked about off ice stuff more than on ice. And I'm totally yeah, yeah. cool with that, bro. Totally cool yeah. with it. If it's what we're yeah, talking. I know. Like, just like awesome. Like just, uh, I mean, we probably just started talking again a couple of months ago and then just invite me here today. was like really cool. Um, it's, it's like really cool when you don't see someone or talk for someone for a long time, but he kind of like just fall back into where you were like when we were 18, 19 years old, Yeah, which kind of yeah. like, just really like shows like uh, how cool you are and, and how like we can interact easily. But that's like, I love just running to guys I haven't seen in so long. You just kind of fall right back into where you were when you were like 18, 19 year old and you have that connection again. But so like for me, just uh, meeting and interacting with cool people like yourself, it just like, that's what makes life cool, man. Awesome, buddy. Well, I really appreciate yeah. that. Um, and again, for, for you listeners that don't watch our YouTube this guy, Brandon Nolan, I played with him when he was 18 years old. Ladies and gentlemen, I swear I'm not exaggerating. He looks exactly the same as what he did when he was 18 <laughs> years old. Like, I don't, Brandon, I don't, I don't know how you do it, man, but it must be a diet or something, good genes. But, but, dude, keep up the good work. You're looking great. You're doing incredible things, bro, incredible things. I can't even stress it. And, dude, I'm just happy that you're able to come on, man. So, like, I, I want to thank the listeners for tuning in to another episode of The Sheriff. And we're going to sign off now, guys. Woo!